The first of our sermonettes for this morning is found in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If someone was to ask you what is the best verse to show God's love in the Bible, what would you say? Chances are, you, most people will go with John 3.16. It is the most well-known Bible verse, and you often see it used by athletes, by singers, and billboard advertisements. John 3.16 is used for so much for a good reason. It is one of the clearest and simplest presentations of the gospel to be found in Holy Scripture. It is so simple that a very young child is able to understand it. The theme that governs our service this morning is love, the reason for the Reformation. And John 3.16 is a perfect example of how that love fueled the Reformation and continues to feel God, feel God's church to this day. If there is anyone on this earth who knew what it is like to be tormented by sin, it was Martin Luther. Just about everyone in Luther's day was religious. The church was not just religious authority, but also held great political power. And this resulted in a tremendous amount of spiritual control over the people, especially in the teachings of penance and purgatory. Penance is a belief that one must do many good works in order to make up for their sins. If they failed to make up for enough of their sins, they would end up in purgatory after death. Purgatory was thought to be a place in between heaven and hell where people would go to work off their sins before they enter heaven. This was a prevailing thought in Luther's day and it was a thought that constantly dominated his mind. Luther recognized that he was a sinful man. He was unable to live up to God's law to the slightest degree. And even when he became a monk, he would beat himself in an attempt to please God by the physical harm that came to his body and to feel some sort of comfort from his sins. But not even the lashings on his back would work. Nothing worked. He was terrified, so terrified of his sin that he even felt unworthy to handle the body and blood of the Lord in the sacrament of the altar. Luther would spend six hours in the confessional booth confessing sin after sin after sin with no relief to be found. And that is the true effect the law has. And it dominated the church in Luther's day for those who took their faith seriously. There is no peace to be found in the law, but only judgment. 
The law reveals the most obvious and the most secret of our sins. The law sets a standard of perfection necessary to escape the judgment hand of God. But nothing that Luther did could ever change the fact that he would be judged. There is nothing you or I can do that will change our position before God. And this is where we see how God's love shone through the Reformation. Specifically with sola gratia, or by grace alone. The issue in the church in Luther's day was that the gospel was hidden. It was present at times, but the law and the authority of the church dominated so much that the gospel took a back seat. And God used Martin Luther to bring his gospel back to the forefront. God's love for Martin Luther rescued him from the torment of his terrified state and showed that him that he is a loving God. A God who knew the sinful state of Luther. A God who knows the sinful state of you and me. And that he did something about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Though this passage does not mention grace specifically, grace is at the very essence of the passage. Grace is God's undeserved love for sinners like us. God's love for the world was completely absent of any worthiness in the world. And Luther obviously understood this for himself. He only deserved God's punishment. But here we see God's love shine through despite our sinfulness and despite the sinfulness of the world that we live in. Despite the filth of mankind, God sent His only Son to this world to redeem the world, to buy it back from the eternal destruction and to give it eternal life. Jesus came to live a perfect life and to die the perfect death in order to satisfy the justified wrath of God or the sins of mankind. Through Jesus, God's judgment is gone. It has been carried out on the person of Jesus Christ and to anyone who believes in Jesus. They will not taste the slightest bitterness of God's judgment, but only receive the sweetness of God's love. Martin Luther is credited with, this saying, with saying this regarding John 3.16. I am thankful it does not say God so loved Martin else I would have to wonder if it meant another Martin. But because God loves the world, and I am certainly of the world, then God certainly loves me. This is the root truth of the Reformation. God restored this precious truth of grace alone to be at the forefront of this movement, so that over 500 years later, we are proclaiming this same precious truth.
By grace alone I am saved, grace free and boundless. Amen. Second of our sermonettes is found on page 8. Uh, the text is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The second core point of the Reformation is sola fide, or faith alone. Faith alone, faith alone and grace alone are intimately connected because faith is a manner by which that grace is received. Without faith, the grace God showed to the world would be worthless because no one would believe it. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2 that the natural man cannot understand the spiritual things of God, for they are spiritually discerned. To put it simply, without faith, without God revealing what His grace is, no one can even begin to comprehend it. Rather, each one chooses to follow his own truth. Faith is God's work or is God's love working in us. He is the one who creates a faith in our hearts to receive the grace he showed us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus said of faith, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here, from here to there, and it will, be, it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, does that seem like a hyperbole to you? An exaggeration? It's not. Faith is what delivers you from eternal destruction to eternal salvation. And is that not much more impressive than a mountain moving from here to there? Well, when you understand the depravity of our sin, the answer is it's impossibly more Impressive. Ephesians 2 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God. Faith takes the salvation that comes through God's grace and it holds on to it for dear life. And yet even this faith is not your own work, but it is God's. The Holy Spirit is the one who works in you, to create the faith that believes and the one who is preserving your faith through the gospel in word and sacrament. Consider the power of faith in the life of the Reformation. Faith is what allowed Martin Luther to stand firm on God's word in opposition to the most powerful opponent known to man, the Pope. He stood in the face of death, and he would rather lose his life for the sake of the gospel than to deny the truth and live. This is a conviction of faith. Without God working in Martin Luther and the other reformers, certainly they would have been overrun and shut down. But with God, nothing is impossible.
with God working in them to strengthen their faith, the Reformation was not quashed, but it grew and it spread rapidly so that grace through faith spread across the land. Grace through faith is God's love working in you. Though the world has changed, God's love and His active role in your faith and life has not. He continues to work in you in the same way that He worked in Martin Luther and the Reformation. The face of the enemy that we are contending with is not the powerful church like it was in Luther's day. Rather, the face of our enemy is our society. Behind our society and behind the church in Luther's day is the same enemy. Satan is working and twisting his temptations. Luther's faith was tested and it was attacked aggressively. And yours is no different. Your faith will continue to be attacked every day of your life. But you have God on your side. God's love working in you through faith. God is in your corner, strengthening and preserving your faith so that you are able to stand firm on the Word of God against any enemy you come across. God called Martin Luther to faith for a purpose, to restore the truth regarding the importance of grace alone, faith alone, and Scripture alone. And God has called you to faith for a purpose. You are an ambassador of God's love to all people. You are called to let your faith shine in this sin-darkened world that others might receive that very faith from God that you have and be delivered from eternal destruction to eternal life. Love is a reason for the Reformation. So God can remind you that you are saved solely by His grace and His creation of faith within you. Let all praise be to God who continues to strengthen your faith out of His great love. Amen. The third of our sermonettes is found in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 17. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. An heirloom is a valuable object that has been passed down from generation to generation. The longer it has been in a family's line, the greater significance it has. However, not every person is the same. And there may be times that in, where the heirloom is not appreciated by its owner at all. 
It may not be for another couple generations before the appreciation for that heirloom is restored. Something similar occurs with the Word of God. By divine inspiration, the Lord used prophets, apostles, and evangelists to transcribe the full counsel of God. From Genesis to Revelation, we have recorded for us a detailed revelation of sin, death, and God's awesome plan of salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. And why did God have all this written down? Because people get careless. Paul calls the gospel a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Greeks. By nature, people would simply toss God's word aside without a care in the world. And even among those who hold God's word, not all preach it faithfully. And this is how, like an heirloom, the word of God has gone unappreciated and even neglected at times. My mind immediately goes to the days of King Josiah. The people of Judah had so neglected the word of God that when they found the Bible in the dust of the temple, the priests had no idea what it was until they read it. That is how badly they neglected God's word. And in the days of the Reformation, the Bible wasn't forgotten, but it certainly was neglected. The Catholic Church changed the Bible from being God's word meant for all people to a book only to be interpreted by the church. And this allowed them to lose the true teaching of the gospel Instead of proclaiming, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, they proclaim, Jesus' death on the cross was not good enough. God is still angry with you, and you need to do works of penance to make up for your sin. That or purchase this indulgence from the church, and you can be forgiven for your sins. In other words, you don't need scripture you need the church. This teaching totally ignored the simple message of the gospel. And in a way, it hid the salvation to be found in the Bible from the eyes of the people. But in the same way that the Lord would not let the wickedness of Judah hide his word from the people forever, God would not let the church hide his love for sinners from the people. And what about in our day? Does it seem like the word is being lost among us? Is the word becoming lost in your own life? It happens, doesn't it? The Bible sits on the shelf gathering dust. Have you read it lately? Are you neglecting the greatest message recorded for you in history? We were always told in confirmation class, the most dangerous book in the world is the Bible when it's closed. There are two ways you can read a will. You can read it as a lawyer 
who's looking at every detail of the law, or you can read it like an heir, a recipient. And you are the heir of the greatest heirloom anyone could ask for. The word of God that brings salvation and life. The third principle of the Reformation is sola scriptura, or scripture alone. This principle clearly displays God's love to us, his people. Martin Luther and the Reformers recognized the destructive nature of the teachings of the church. They recognized that their teachings did not come from scripture, but were conjured up in the thoughts of sinful man. The reformers turned the focus back to Scripture. They let God speak for Himself. They restored the truth that Scripture speaks. Forgiveness of your sins comes freely from the blood of Christ. This is why God preserved His Word, the Bible. He knew that mankind would twist the clear message of the Gospel into a doctrine of demons thrusting people into an uncertainty about their faith and salvation. And truly, it is Satan who is behind this twisting of Scripture. And yet, Satan can try all he wants, but he can never suppress the love God has for lost sinners. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Paul confessed in his letter to the Corinthians, I am determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is the same blessed message proclaimed in the Reformation, and it is the same message proclaimed to you and to all of God's elect to this day. In the Reformation, God's love restored the true preaching of everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Through the Reformation, God's love for you became clear again. He preserved his heirloom for you, the truth of his word, so you have the same solid foundation as Luther, as the apostles, the prophets, to stand on. Jesus Christ died for you. Amen.